ready as I'm ever gonna be. And we're off. Do you guys remember? I feel like at the beginning we were really doing like the whiskey on the rock sounds, and we haven't done it in a second. I also feel like we were drinking a lot more whiskey like in the mornings, which yeah. I think we did have to take a break from. Like, do you remember that time that we were just ever like we were always always recording at ten a.m. Always had whiskey on the rocks, which is you know you take what you can when you can. And ain't that the truth? Hello, Rammies. Welcome to Write Answers Mostly, a podcast on what you didn't learn in history class, but you wanted to. I'm Claire. I'm Tess. We're so happy to be back with you. Tess, how the hell are you? You know, I am good. I'm leaving this weekend. Yes. I'm going to Portland, Oregon. Have you been to Portland before? I've been to Portland for my college graduation trip. My mom and my brother were like, where do you want to go? And I was like, Portland. That is such an interesting choice for you. I think like I wanted something that wasn't going to be over the top. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there, there were constraints. Mm-hmm, it wasn't like mm-hmm. pick anywhere in the world. I think it was like pick a city that's very doable and, you know, not too expensive. And I was like, hey, I heard the food's good. It is. I used to like really love visiting Seattle in college. And so I was like, I feel like that Pacific Northwest is like, it's a vibe. I need to visit Seattle more. Robin, John, I will come visit you as soon as possible. You, if you went in the summer to Seattle, I'd be be scared I would lose you. Well, that's the thing. I've only been in the winter, but it it was a January day, but it was sunny and like 60 degrees. And I was like, what's everyone complaining about? Like, this is the best place (laughs) in the gorgeous. Yeah, tough when the sun sets at like two and you don't see it. For months, <laughs> I would lose my mind. I would be extremely depressed. But exciting for Portland. But yes, Portland to visit my one of my best friends, Donna from high school, and her husband Stephen, also who I went to high school with. Cute. Shout they out to y'all. They have a very sweet, sweet love story. Mm. Um, and yeah, so excited to get out of town. Um, I'll miss you guys. Well, that's a, I have Noah for the weekend. I have Tess's dog Tevi for the weekend. Uh, so, and it's gonna be great. That's lovely. What else is on? Well, something that I did last weekend. I went to see eighty for Brady. Tess, it was everything I could have hoped for. I cannot wait to see it, guys. It's so good. Please go to the movies and go watch it. Code mostly tint. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get a cut from. Uh, <laughs> I wish a if Jane I, Fonda movie. God, if I could work with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin and Sally Fields and oh Reed, my I mean, God. it's just legends after legends, and it's it's just truly everything you would hope for. It's not like oh my God, this is filmmaking, but it's well, not what we're asking for. No, and like I hope it's successful because anytime you see, obviously, women. On the big screen. And also, like, women of, you know, a certain age, like, mostly they're pushed aside and told, like, your career is dead. And I think we've seen a little resurgence. I agree. And I think, like, what's the show that Jane... Uh, Jane Fonda, uh, Grace and Frankie. Oh, yeah. I feel like that was, like, such a great thing for women. They are the best part of that show. They uh, are comedy queens. Comedy queens. The timing. Everything. I'm everything. Well, speaking of queens. Speaking of. Guys, you know it. We are kicking off March with our, um, you know, with influential women. That's what we decided we wanted to make the next theme. March is Women's History Month, as you guys should know. Yep. Um, and so, of course, like, we're going to be talking about women that have inspired us. And this subject. Mm. Uh, who's it going to be, Claire? Talk Who about someone I admire. is it going to be? Well, I was very hesitant to do this. You've really pushed me. Yeah, it had to be done. And I talked to our friend Alice and said I was scared to do the subject too. And she said, what would Dolly do? And that is why I have proceeded and I have been brave. And we are doing Dolly Parton.
Dolly motherfucking Parton. I am so proud of you because I know it's hard to do your heroes. Mm, exactly. It's the pressure. It's also like, there's just so much. And how am I going to even like get to anything? And I know you're going to do it. Oh, You've done it you. before and you'll do it again. That's how I feel. Dolly just feels so untouchable to me. She is, I mean, she people refer to her as Saint Dolly. And, and I really love her without knowing much about her. Yeah, what do you know about her? I know that she did the jo- that she donated a million dollars to the COVID vaccine, uh-huh, mm-hmm. um, the Dolly vaccine, Moderna, Moderna, the Dolly shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that she's just been like a very iconic woman in the way that she's responded to like sexism and you know how she looks, and she's always kind of been like, I don't fucking care, I can do this, and I can also have fake breasts, and like she's just been an icon for like. Just standing up for for yourself and not letting the haters get you down. You fucking got that right, Test. And I also think one other thing I know about her, but I'm not sure if this is true. Tell me. There's like she has a fake body part. <laughs> well, she has. Uh, she definitely has a fake body part. I mean, her boobs are not but, real, right? But I heard that she has fake hands. So, but I, <laughs> our friend Alice has been saying, check out our Hanukkah episode with Alice. Yes. If you don't know that there's a rumor going around that she wears. Um, gloves that have like flesh and nail like not real flesh but flesh colored and like nails attached so that they look younger yes almost like prosthetic hands yes but when i've been seeing most of her interviews she does wear like gloves that cover the top of her hands because if y'all don't know that is the one thing that it's hard to cover up age with it's your hands they're very telling true which is not a bad thing it's not a bad thing but like you can't inject botox into your hands right I think people have tried recently but um, she's going the route of wearing um, covered, like, gloves. So that's what I've seen more than, like, a flesh tone. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. But who um, knows? And then she's like, is she covered head-to-toe in tattoos? Well, that is a rumor, and we will get to okay, that. Okay. And So stick around. Let's debunk the rumors. <gasps> I know. I've always wanted to know. I know. But- and I currently have my um, mug that Alice gave me. That um, It's my Dolly mug, and it says, pour yourself a cup of ambition. Uh. as a picture of her. She is so beautiful. I always drink out of this mug when I need Dolly's spirit in the morning, when I'm it, when it's just a tough day. Mm, you know? I love that. I always listen to Jolene. Oh, Jolene. If I ever need to feel something. Yeah, but that will make you feel something. That is my favorite Dolly song. I also have this magnet that is um, says, I will always love you, and it's Dolly's Playboy cover. Oh, she was on Playboy? She sure was. Of There's going to be a lot of cr- crossover, actually, I found in our research. We've just covered so much. We really have. That, Jesus. That it's all crossing over together. And finally, I am wearing my Kindness is Queen t-shirt. And um, Dolly Parton uh, paired up with Nina West, who is um, a drag queen. And um, the proceeds from this collection sales uh, will benefit or it benefited Parton's Imagination Library, which provides free books to children and the the Nina West Foundation, which supports organizations and services that support LGBTQ plus youth and families. I love her. I love her already. and I don't even know her. She's an angel. Well, let's get to know her, shall we? Yes, please. First of all, I just want to give a shout out. Um, Dolly Parton's America is this podcast and there's like six episodes and Dolly is actually interviewed in it. And I listened to this podcast series at least once a year. It, it, it like changed my life, I feel. Really? It is phenomenal. Go check it out. And a lot of my information came from that as well. I love that. So Dolly Parton's America, shout out to you. Love that. Okay. So Dolly Rebecca Parton oh. was born on January 19th, 1946. Capricorn? We've got ourselves the Capricorn Queen. Interesting. When I first heard that she was a Capricorn, I was like, in what world? And then I thought about how long she's been working and how much she works. Working, working, working. And I was like, of course she's a Capricorn queen. Working nine to five. Uh, wow. Oh, wow. And there, 
Say no more. Yeah. Say no more. So she was born in a one-room cabin on the banks of the Little Pigeon River in Tennessee at the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains. Mm. And Dolly is very proud where she of where she comes from. Um, in my Tennessee mountain home, that song, oh, it's so good. Aww. And she talks about, she's always like, I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of my people. Mm, we love that. We love that. She is the fourth of 12 children. <laughs> we don't love that. Yes. Her mom had her mom's 11 pregnancies because the 10th were twins um in 20 years made her a mother of 12 by the age of 35 was she religious they were their family is very religious um but her mom started having kids i think around like 15 or something sweetheart can you imagine 12 12 kids by 35 also when was this in like the fifth she was born in 46 and she's the fourth kid i feel like also like Childbirth was more dangerous back then. So dangerous. To be able to pop 12 out and still be alive to tell the tale. I think that, yeah, for her, I think one of her siblings, Dolly's siblings, died as a baby, but that's pretty good odds for 12. No kidding. And um, so they grew up, her father was a sharecropper. He was actually illiterate. Um, And Parton has described her family as being dirt poor. When Dolly was born, her dad paid the missionary who delivered her with a sack of cornmeal. So they are like salt of the earth, which again, if you just think about where she is now, and I think that's part of her charm is because she came from nothing. Yep. And we love to highlight those women, especially for this month. We're going to be getting into it. That's right. Um, So Dolly said her home had no running water unless you'd run and get it. I love those Dollyisms where she she said that she was like, my dad paid for my birth with a sack of cornmeal and I've been raking in the dough ever since. You can tell that she's probably so proud of herself for it. I know, no kidding. Um, Music started really early for her, and her earliest memories of music was her mom singing. Her mom always sang songs from, like, the old country, so, like, Mm. Welsh and English and Irish folklore songs. That makes sense. And also, like, they were in, like, a one-bedroom cabin in the Smoky Mountains. There wasn't a lot to do back then. God, well, good thing she had a good voice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was like, shut up. Well, she said that her mother was like so encouraging and be like, everyone stop and listen to this girl. And I feel like one of 12 kids, she was like, oh, I actually love all this attention I'm getting right now. I mean, literally, you have to stand out somehow. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, her family was very musical. Um, Got it. Her earliest public performances was um, they were in the church and they began at around age six. Um, So Yes, her family was very religious. Her grandfather was a pastor, and it was one of those churches where they speak in tongues, and they, like, roll around on the floor, and, like, people got saved. And oh, no. She always said this was, like, very scary for her. Well, yeah, when you're a child, when you're an adult, uh, but I especially when you can't imagine. understand what's happening. Exactly. So she will say now that she's not religious, but she's extremely spiritual, and her faith is very important to her, and I think that shows up in her life in so many ways. Totally. And she said she's, like... How depressing is it to think that there's nothing after this? Yeah, like I think that's a testament to who she is. Being yeah, like I'm not like fuck religion, mm-hmm. but I've like taken it in my own my own path. Yeah, exactly. Her father and her grandfather were very religious, and they would get in so many fights about her wearing makeup to church because she would. She said that they couldn't afford makeup, but she would take medicine that would dye her lips red, Aww. and then she would take matches that were burnt, get them wet, and dye her eyebrows. So she was the first queen to um, like the, highlight the brow? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was a brow queen. Brow queen. She knew that her brows needed to be done, and so they would always get in fights about it, and she said, of course I want to go to heaven, but do I have to look like hell to get there? 
And there it is. And there it is. Um, she has publicly stated that she has modeled her look after the town tramp growing up. She said, this woman that used to walk the streets had all this makeup and hair, high heel shoes. I thought she was so beautiful. And everybody used to say, oh, she ain't nothing but a tra- but trash. And I used to say, well, that's what I want to be when I grow up. Trash. Wow. And that's our treasure. <laughs> And that's our treasure. Trash, trash, trash Dolly is for, for us. us. For us this time. I love that she, from the beginning, she saw someone who was different and was like, I don't care what she's doing. She looks stunning. Yeah, she like doesn't have judgment, does she? And she really doesn't. I wonder how people get like that. I don't know because... Usually it's like really good parenting and environment and... Yeah. But, but this is like interesting because she was one of 12. One and of like, 12 and also being so isolated when she grew up. It's not like she was in a city where she saw so many different types of people. Totally. She brought like... Wait, so she's from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so law, law white people. Yeah, exactly. And there's just like so much love in her heart already. Oh. Um, she learned to play instruments like the banjo by age seven. She can actually, or yeah, she can actually play like a ton of instruments. I think like 30 instruments or something. But she'll I say- I know there were 30 instruments. Because <laughs> she can play like strings. She can play like some kind of flute stuff. But she'll she'll always say, she's so humble. She, she'll always be like, I can't play them well, but I can play them. But then you see her playing, you're like, what are you talking about? Also, like if you can play one instrument, I actually think you're a genius. I have tried to learn how to play the guitar so many times. And I'm like, it's impossible. It would be so cool to play the guitar. So cool to play the guitar. It hurts the fingers. It, that calluses that you have to develop. And how how she plays the guitar with her long nails is crazy. crazy but oh, actually, that gives me a shiver down, <laughs> shiver down my spine I to think about it. it. I love it. Um, she actually can't read music either. Which I'm like, how do you write all those songs and know how to play all those instruments? And she can't read music. Mm, does she? She just like hums it probably, and it's like we just got to go. Exactly. Which I, I love that. Same. Someone else must interpret it. Right. So fascinating. Fascinating. Um, okay, so she gets a guest spot. Uh, or she starts uh, performing on local radio stations. And then when she's performing and she said she heard the applause from the people, she was like, that's when I knew this is what I wanted to do. Aww. We've all been there performing. And you get the applause. Yeah, you get the high, huh? And, a, then, and then the low comes after. <laughs> it's an addicting drug, isn't sure, it? Sure is. Always chasing something. <laughs> yeah. Well, she gets a guest spot at the Grand Ole Opry in 1959 at the age of 13. Damn. I, I didn't know. know she started so young. She did. She did. Well, it's like, I think that music was truly all their family really had. Wow. And love. And love. Um, Johnny Cash gave her the introduction, and she sang George Jones, uh, who is a country king, You Gotta Be My Baby, and she received three encores that night. Also, apparently, there was someone who played regularly on Saturday nights, and he was pissed that this little girl was going to be singing instead of him, because they were like, we got to give her a shot, and then she gets three encores. Oh, uh, and we love to prove them wrong, don't we? We do. Mm. So the morning after her high school graduation in 1964, Dolly left her small town for Nashville. And is she writing her own music at this point? Mm -hmm. Or is she just like, okay, so she is going for it. Dolly said that if anything, if she could be anything, her biggest passion is songwriting. She's like, that is the most precious to me. She said that's like her therapy. And that's where she goes to like talk to God is like songwriting. Wow. And the way it just pours out of her. Can you imagine? No. I wish so badly I had that part of my brain that, that worked. Same. It's like a struggle to journal. (laughs) Truly. It's like, I enjoy music. I like music. I can't imagine being like, oh, do you hear that? That chord is in my head right now. I'm like, like, what is a chord? I don't know. (laughs) But she meets someone her first day in Nashville. Her first day in Nashville, she meets her husband, her now husband, Carl Dean. 
She's only been married once? She's only been married once. She's been married to this man for 57 years. Tess, he's only been seen in public like four times. That's right. They keep that really private. She, like, from her whole career has been like, it's kind of like Hannah Montana. Like, this dolly, this performer is one life. And then my husband and who I am outside is a completely different life. And I'm going to keep it so private. Maybe that's why she connects with Miley Cyrus so much. Isn't she? She is Miley Cyrus's godmother. Can you imagine? No. She calls her Aunt Dolly. I'm Stop. like, I, I can't. I can't. Stop. They have a song, Rainbow Land, together. And, um, they there's a voicemail from Dolly in the beginning. I'm just like, y'all's relationship is so tender. Aww. It's so sweet. Oh, we love both of them. We do. So a little bit about Carl, because we don't know much about him. Well, she was 18 and he was 21 when they met outside the laundromat. Okay. She was oh. at the laundromat doing her clothes. I have some time. And he apparently hollered at her from his truck. And she said, since I was from the country, so talking to everybody, she smiled and waved. And then he went up and talked to her. He later said, my first thought was, I'm going to marry that girl. Once again. <laughs> I can't believe this happens in real life. I almost don't believe it. I'm like, are they just saying this for the story? Right? Like, it has to be. Because, I mean, or surely you've thought that at least, like, four other times in your life. Right. But maybe back in the day, you know, things were different. Like, things were different. You, you saw someone in person, and you just kind of were forced more to have, like, a human connection exactly. with Exactly. Well, the second thought was, good Lord, she's good looking. <laughs> I can't even picture what she looked like in her teenage years. Uh, she was, I have a picture actually of her and Carl. Like I can, is she natural blonde? She's a natural, well, she'll say that. Oh, oh, he's cute. He's very cute. I think everyone, Jane Fonda was like, when I first saw him on set, I was like, who the hell is that man? She's like, I want that to be my <laughs> yeah. fifth, fifth husband. Exactly. He's very cute. Um, I always thought she was a natural blonde, but she says like, she has that saying that I don't get offended when people call me a dumb blonde because I know I'm not dumb and I know I'm not blonde. <laughs> Does do she have the most iconic quotes of all time? The Dollyisms cannot be stopped. Would you ever get a Dolly tattoo, like a quote, mm. of do if if you were going to get your first tattoo? Not my first tattoo. Third. Third, probably. Mm, what, what would it be? I don't know. Maybe a, this sounds so tacky and cheesy, no. which is her, but like sh she's known for her butterfly stuff. So maybe a small butterfly. Cute. We'll get to her butterfly tattoos. Oh, Tram stamp? <laughs> I hope she has a tramp stamp. She's got to. She modeled her look after the town tramp. Uh, if you have a butterfly, yeah. you know where it's going to be. You, you sure do. Um, so he said also that um, the day he met her was the day his life began. I know. Stop. On her Barbara Walters interview, which we will get to, not right now, but we will get to, she said that, and this was in 1978, so it's really when her career is taking off, she said that they see each other probably six weeks out of the year. Six weeks? <laughs> six weeks out of the year. And Barbara Walters was like, how does that work? And because Dolly, she's touring? She's, she's literally working nonstop. And he was like, I don't want to have anything to do with the show business. And Dolly was like, he gives me the one thing that I want, and that's my freedom. And I give him her, his freedom. Here, listen to this though. Oh my god! When asked if she's ever been um, ever given into temptation, because obviously uh -huh. you're on the road, she said no. But quote, he's the kind of person, and I'm the kind of person that by being apart, if we should meet somebody, I would never tell him. He would never know, and it wouldn't hurt him. And it's the same way with him. I wouldn't want to know it as long as he loves me and he's good to me, and as long as we're good to each other. I don't think that it happens, but I'm just saying I wouldn't want to pry in it. I have better things to do than to sit around in my room thinking, oh, what's Carl doing tonight? I wonder if he's with somebody, this and that. 
There's so much to unpack there. That she can compartmentalize the most out of anyone I've ever seen in my entire right. life. Because I'm like, that's an insane statement. But also, I've never been on the road for the majority of my life. I've never been a famous pop star, like, you know, country star. A woman in country in the 60s. Truly. So, like, I'm also like, I know a lot of people that are like, hey, I wouldn't want to know. And I'm always like, damn, how do you get that, like, bone in you? How do you say I'm not? I'm too busy to be sitting around in my room wondering what my husband's doing when I'm gone. I mean, hey, like relationships take different forms. It's true. You know? It's true. And she, but rec- like, damn, it's crazy, right? Crazy. She recently recreated her Playboy cover, this one that we see at 75 years old in 2021 for her husband Carl's birthday. Yes, queen. And she said um, he still thinks I'm a hot chick after 50- 57 years. I bet he does. I'm sure he does. He's like, too. His body's like it's plastic, <laughs> and I like it. And it's the most wild thing I've ever Your seen. Boobs have never been. Here. Her boobs are insane. I love her for it. That tiny little waist. It's insane. Does she like wear a corset? She must have like worn corsets for years. To like, like, who knows what she's done? Cr- I would love to see her naked in the most respectful way. Same. I'm like, just to get a peek. I mean, we sound like the talk show hosts that used to talk to her. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we're all curious. Yeah, really. So she starts hustling in Nashville. She's, um, like, you know, working her songs up and down Music Row in Nashville. And she starts getting steady work as a songwriter. And she signed with Monument Records in 1965 at the age of 19. And she was initially pitched as a pop, as a bubblegum pop singer. And people told her, they're like, you're honestly probably just going to be a songwriter because we don't love your voice that much because it's too high. Mm. Which is crazy. Because it was a different sound. It was a different sound. Her voice is very high, but her voice is so incredibly beautiful. She can hit like every note. And the fact that someone told Dolly your voice isn't good enough, like just remember that when someone tells you no. That's good crazy. Remi- it's a good reminder. The money also wasn't in songwriting. It was in performing. Yep. So she's barely scraping by at that time. She told stories that she would go to hotels and she would walk up and down the hallways and take food scraps from the um, room service. Wow. Was she writing for other people? Yeah, she was writing for other people like at this time. Famous people? Um, I don't know if she was writing for other famous people. I think she would write songs and kind of give them out and be like, if someone takes this, great. And then try to perform herself so too. crazy like you never think of that career as just being like a like max martin yes like max martin exactly but she finally makes her big break with the single dumb blonde have you ever heard the song sing it no but it reminds me uh, of this song another dumb blonde by hoku oh did, is Hoku a Dolly fan? Um, I mean, I'm sure she is. She must be. Well, the song is, uh, she actually didn't write this song, but it is an iconic way to start off her career because she's basically telling a man to shove it just because of her looks that she's smarter than he thinks she is. Wow. So it's a huge hit, but she performs it on TV and she said, I was I was right pretty then, even though I was tacky. Oh, well, hey, we love someone that can be self-aware. Exactly. That can be self-deprecating, but also like, not compromise themselves. She is self-deprecating, but the most confident yes, way. Yes, not like fishing for compliments mm-hmm. or like, you know, perpetuating mm-hmm. negative self-talk. She is, she loves herself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So she gets a call. It's... Um, the call. She gets the call, really. It's 1966. She's 21. And it's from this guy, Porter Wagner. So Porter Wagner is a legend in country music, and he had a syndicated TV show and was like the number one country TV show at the time. He basically just performed and he was bringing country music to like the rest of the world. Love. He wore nudie suits, which if you've seen, you know, those colorful suits that have like the rhinestones in them. Yes. Yes. They're incredible. I love them. So he was known for that. 
Um, also on the show, he had his, quote, girl singer. That's what she was known for, named Norma Jean. And Norma Jean was the not, not Marilyn Monroe. Oh, I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? <laughs> like I saw where your mind went. Not Marilyn Monroe. Got so it. she, Norma Jean was the complete opposite of Dolly. She was more conservative and modest, and her voice was much deeper. So when she gets the call from Porter, she thinks that he's calling her because she'd been writing songs and sending it to them, hoping that Norma Jean would cover it for the show. Oh. So she gets to his office. He, she starts playing him a song, and she's like, I wrote this for Norma Jean. And he stops her, and he's like, Norma Jean's out, and I want you in. Norma Jean's just like on the side of the road. Well, apparently they were having an affair, allegedly. Uh, Oh, allegedly. Allegedly. So Norma Jean had to go. Are we surprised? No, of course not. Of course not. No, we're not. (laughs) Um, To quote him, would you be interested in being my new girl singer? Girl singer. God, guys, come (laughs) up with something better. God, especially in country music. Like, you have to know, even now, there's some radio station statistic that they have to follow that for every, like, four male songs, they can sing or they can play one female singer. It's something like that even today. I'm not even joking. That is insane. I'll find it and um, fact check myself, but it's true. I mean, I don't. I believe that because I'm sure they're like, we need to keep our, you know, listen, like our listeners. Exactly. Well, Dolly was ecstatic. She, he said that she would get sixty thousand dollars a year, which in today's time, the calculator, thank God, would be pretty much uh, five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wait, really? Yeah. So that was a huge. That's that, insane. It was more money than she had ever seen in her. I mean, it's more money than I've ever seen in my I life mean, yet. So, and she had. A label at this point. She was with a record company, yeah. Okay, so they would take, like, a portion of that and the whole thing? I guess so. She didn't really like, get into the logistics on that, but she would still get a lot of money. That's crazy, because I always feel like when people start out, they're kind of taken advantage of, and, like, they end up not, like we've talked about, like, they get nothing in the end. I know. But I feel like she's like, hey, I'm 21, and now I'm, like, almost a millionaire. I know, exactly. Um, A crazy story that I found out my mom recently dropped this on me. She was in a pageant, which is so cute. Um, she oh. was in Miss Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, and Dolly Parton and Porter Wagner were on stage performing. What? She was on stage with Dolly. That is incredible. It's insane. Um, she ended up getting first runner-up. I was like, who was the bitch what? that got first? We need to see photos. <laughs> I know. Cindy, please. Cindy, if you have them, please send it. I asked her if she was like starstruck. And she was like, it was country music at the time. And I was not into it. Like, Dolly was not who she was today. So, no. Oh, my God. I can't believe that I she's still on the same stage as her. I can't believe it. I feel like your mom needs to write a book. Cindy, write a book. Please. Because every time, like, there's, like, some, like, little thing that you drop <laughs> that I'm like, that's so cool. Get on it, Cindy. Uh, um, okay, like we were saying before, the girl singer on the show, as the title was, you're not there to be the star of the show. You're there to support the man. When he tells you to come on, sing, you sing. You're there to look cute. Right. They actually said that, like, most country fans were female, actually, at that time. So the girl singer was there as, like, the by proxy for the women to be close to, like, the attractive male singer. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Like, it's all for... The women watching see themselves in Dolly, and they she gets to be close to Porter Wagner, who is also like double her age. Okay, so it's like more for the like lust of yes. him almost. Exactly. I mean, like I see myself just like her. Exactly. I mean, smart but problematic. So they her first show was in September fifth, nineteen sixty seven. It's aired to about four million people. She's wearing a bright red dress and bright red lipstick, and her hair is in the most giant beehive. It's incredible, but the reaction of the crowd is not good. Uh, from her yeah about her people um when she would perform booed 
They would chant for Norma Jean. They were not happy that Norma Jean was gone. Because her voice, you think, too? I think it was everything. People were not happy with the change. And she was just the next one. I mean, change is tough. Change is tough. I probably in the audience would have done that, too, (laughs) the first time. And then I'd feel bad and be like, no, we must not support her. I know. Well, that is what Porter Wagner ended up doing. He basically, to the crowd, was like, Norma Jean's gone, guys. She's dead. She's She's dead, dead. okay? She's dead and gone. And Dolly is here now. So you better freaking accept her. Oh, that's good that he at least stood up for her. Yeah, thank God. It's like one of the only good things that he does. It's like the god the bar is so low for men <laughs> yeah. it's like well at least he didn't like, like, kind of stood up for her but then they uh, also started singing duets together and that really changed the game and people were like actually her voice is kind of incredible incredible and we love her now so the duets take off also the duets are kind of creepy because like i said he's double her age and they're all like love songs and they're like staring at each other probably yeah and it, whenever he introduces her he's like here's the prettiest little girl you've ever seen right now i want you to meet the little lady on our show Special guest today is two beautiful little gals that are Dolly's sisters. Little girl. I know. It is. We'll make you just clench your fist. We it, should just veto girl from vocabulary. It was, unfortunately, I've got to say it was a different time. But it doesn't make it okay. I know. It's just it's what creepy. It, it's it creepy. It's creepy. It's what it is. Um, okay. So then Porter insists that he signs Dolly to his label RCA. Oh. So she moves over to a bigger label, which is great for her. And they start recording solo albums and duet albums. And they were touring together. And it was mandatory after every live taping, they would have to sit with a cup of coffee and watch the performances like game tapes. And she hated it. She did not like to see herself on screen. She did not like the way her voice sounded. Like she didn't like to hear herself sing. And he was like, you have to watch and you have to see what you're doing and improve on it. What do you think about actors that say that they refuse to watch their own work? Like, do do you think there's like a way it should be? Well, I mean, to me, this makes perfect sense. It sounds super intense, but she also said this is how she learned how to work a crowd, how she learned her angles, how she learned everything. It is kind of like, I think you have to kind of get over it. Yeah. Yeah. But also, if you don't like it, I mean, do whatever is best for your craft. Right. I mean, there's some actors that don't even go to the, and actresses that don't go to their own premiere. But I'm like, is Why that- are you an actor? Aren't you a little bit, like, obsessed with yourself? Right? <laughs> or curious? <laughs> yes. I can't imagine. Don't you also want to see the movie? Or do you think they just say that to be modest? Mm. Great unknown. Wow. I know. But it worked for her. And she said this is like really where she started to develop her confidence. Oh. Okay. So it's 1970. Dolly mm. and Porter have been together for three years. They release multiple duet albums and solo albums. But her solo albums just are not hitting. People are just not being drawn to them. Yeah. Well, it's still tough for like a solo wom- woman in music 100%. to sell, sell anything. Exactly. And then Porter Wagner was like, Dolly, your songs are too sad. They are making everyone depressed. Her early catalog is wild. There's a song called um, Daddy Come and Get Me, which is about this woman who is um, convicted to an insane asylum because her husband left her. Oh, so I was going to say, like, where does that sadness come from? Like, is it more stories that she's telling, like fictional stories? She said that they're stories from the people she grew up with. She said that was the story from her aunt and like from her past. Wow. Yeah. it's She is such a deep person. It's yes, wild. She if, feels a lot. If reincarnation is real, like she has been around the block, you know? Wow. Which kind of then shocks me that she's a Capricorn. Not like Capricorns are mm. cold, but I feel like she has this very like um, water sign energy. She, I looked up her chart. She's a Capricorn sun. She's a Virgo rising. So that's a lot of earth signs. And she's, um oh no, she's a Virgo moon and she's a Libra rising, which makes sense because she's so peaceful and wow. balanced. Oh God, that's so But no water sign in the big three. Wow. Well, maybe she's not like emotional. You can have that emotion that's and true. not 
act that way. It's very true. Yeah. So he was like, you need a more upbeat song. Yeah. So she uh, does this cover, Mule Skinner Blues, and it slaps. I'll insert a clip here. And it shoots her to number three. It's the first time that she is in like the top five of the charts. And it takes off. Now Dolly is like, she has arrived. Mm. And she just starts pumping out songs. Love is like a butterfly, coat of many colors. And coat of many colors, she wrote on a um, on a dry cleaning slip. Like she just begins writing songs at an incredible pace. She just feels it. She does. Porter Wagner's main songwriter would turn in one song and she would turn in three. Wow. Like she was ready to go. Mm. And this is also where we begin to see the dolly that we know and love. She starts to get really spicy on TV and like giggly. And she just said in the beginning of her career, she was just holding back. Well, yeah, because like no one's really there to support you. I don't know how people just come out of the gate and they're just like this is who i am no matter what yep you kind of have to find your not to say it's inauthentic but you have to find your brand and kind of like you have to find your footing yeah so she gets four number ones in a year she wins female vocalist of the year at the cma and she's she's outgrowing porter wagner yeah like get rid of dump him britney spears shirt dump him dump him dump him <laughs> we're all wearing that with dolly around Porter you, you know the shirt you know it well well how do you think that he was reacting to that he unhappy unwell not well intimidated yeah. threatened like her star was rising and his was sinking and she would and you see on the show the power dynamics start to shift and they are being so passive aggressive with each other he tells her to shut up one point on air there's one time where he's like let me hold the guitar and she's like no that's okay i got it i got it Oh my God. So you see it happening. And apparently she was like, like, I made you. She would try to suggest something and he would go, it's my damn show. And she'd say, well, it's my damn life. And she knew. Hell yes, Dolly. Hell yes, Dolly. Mm, She knew she had to get out because she said she just heard this voice being like, it's time to go. It's time to grow. Mm. And that's all we can say. And that's all we can say. So she, do you know how she tells him that she's leaving? Does she sing to him? She said the only way he would hear her is if it was by song. And she writes and sings, I will always love you. And that's, she goes into his office and sits down and sings, I will always love you to him. And that's where that song comes from. I have chills. It makes me want to cry. So she really did like care about him. She, she. I think they were like family. It's crazy because on Dolly Parton's America, he keeps being like, but the way, like when they would win awards, she didn't speak. He only spoke. And she was like, well, it was his show. I didn't feel like it was my place to go up there if it was his show and talk. Like she had such a respect for him in a way wow. that was that I can't understand because I would be so frustrated. Same of but like, we need to be equals now. I think she truly felt like he gave her a start. Damn. Something even crazier. You know what song she wrote on the same day? Jolene. She wrote, I will always love you and Jolene on the same Who is Jolene day. about? Jolene is about a bank teller that her husband was flirting with. Yeah. She said that they were getting a little too cozy. And the cozy. way that she got the name Jolene, which I don't like, how did you know that they were like flirting at the bank? <laughs> right. I, but again, she Staring didn't want to know. 
Yeah, exactly. We've the all car. been there. We sure have. Julie. But she said she met a fan after um, one of the performances and she was like a redheaded girl with green eyes and she asked what her name was and she said it was Jolene and she went, Jolene, that's a gorgeous name. I'm going to write a song about that one day. And on the way back to her bus, she was trying to remember it. So she was like, Jolene, 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 Jolene. And that's how the song came to be because she oh, combines both the stories. That is incredible. On the same day. I've always loved you about that man. I mean... How'd her husband feel about her writing a song? You know what I mean? Like, I think, well, I don't, their relationship is like wild. Everything, I mean, everything also is like a little, probably a little performative, you know, in a uh-huh, way. Uh-huh. Like, But I do think that was her way of being like, I love you for believing in me when no one else did, but I have to go. How did he respond? He went, okay, you can go as long as I can produce this song. <laughs> he was like, it's still about the money, <laughs> The honey. money, honey. Oh, well, hey, good for him, I guess. Oh, well, he goes on a defamation tour actually <gasps> after that. Oh, he so he's starts, not happy. No, he starts trashing her, Come saying on. every bad thing he can about her. But beyond that, he sues her for a million dollars. Um, they they settle it and it takes years to pay him back. Like there's no, at that time, she couldn't pay that man a million dollars. This is like what we were talking about on Patreon, about rich mm. people that are successful that just like, you don't need the money. Yep. You don't need to do that to someone. But you know, for him, it wasn't it's about ju- the money. It's ego. Exactly. It is the male ego. You want to know what's crazy. Mm. So later, a few years down the road, uh, his he gets dropped from his label. And then a few mm. years after that, the IRS starts coming for him. And they are coming for him for half a million dollars. So Dolly hears about this. She buys his publishing company for him from him so that he'll have the money to pay the IRS. And then she gives the publishing company, just just gives it back to him so that him and his kids will have it. And she actually was by his side when he was dying holding his hand because she's an angel. How do you get to be that good of a person? I don't know. My, like, resentment goes so deep that, like... I could never... I don't think I would ever be able to, like... Do the right thing in that situation. No, and like guys, I really encourage you to go listen to Dolly Parton's America because hearing it in her own words talk about it is just so incredible. She's just so forgiving in a way that I will never understand. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Amazing. Also about I Will Always Love You, Elvis Presley asked to record it. He asked to take that song and make it his own with the condition that he would get half of the publishing rights. And she also thought about working with the colonel. No, 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 no. Oh, thank God she didn't. But Dolly turned him down, a choice she took to the bank in 1992 when Whitney Houston recorded the cover of that song. I Will Always Love You is still the best selling single by a female artist of all time. Crazy. Crazy. So if she would have sold, or if she would have gave Elvis that song, which he was such a star at that time, he would have got so much money, yeah. and she would not have been able to get that money from Whitney Houston. This quote I felt like was very appropriate. This Dolly quote: "I look like a woman, but I think like a man. I've done business with men who think I'm as silly as I look. By the time they realize I'm not, I've got the money and gone." <laughs> Crazy. Also, the fact that she can just trust her instinct yep and know her worth and she like likes to prove people wrong you know like she would never adapt to like what she thinks it looks like to be intelligent like she's like no i'm gonna keep this having a beehive like hairdo and how i you know and like 
you'll be laughing. Exactly. And I'm laughing all the way to the bank. Exactly, mm. Tess. And also on CBS Sunday morning, they asked her if um, it bothered her that Whitney Houston gets like most of the credit for that song. Because a lot of people don't know that's a Dolly yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she went, no, no, no. She can have all the credit as long as I get the cash. <laughs> Amazing. She's so great. I love her. <laughs> I just love her so much. Um, then um, Dolly is on her own, finally. She can grow and do what she wants to do. We love that. And she wanted money. She was like, I can't just be in this country category. There's more people that I have yes. to reach. There's more money to get. So she starts trying to make um, like the crossover to pop. It can be a tough road. It can be tough. Like we've seen it so many times with people. So many times. I mean, Taylor did it very successfully. Yes. But she got a lot of shit for it. Yes. People felt abandoned. Exactly. And Casey's trying to kind of do something Mm -hmm. similar right now. And about moving to over to pop, people in the country industry accused her of abandoning both country music and the community that created it. And especially with country is like such a prideful genre people are intense people are very intense and she responded by saying i'm not leaving country music i'm taking it with me i'm not going to limit myself just because people won't accept the fact that i can do something else wow god wow every single quote she says just we like, need like dolly quotes all over our homes maybe like, i will get every single dolly like, i think so just all on your back <laughs> that is like the thing Like what Alice said of like, what would Dolly do? It's like, you're freaking right. Yeah, you are right. Like what would Dolly do? To lead with kindness, confidence. Exactly. And and comedy. And not like, and comedy. Well, she does. She makes the crossover. 1978 is a huge year for her. Um, You know the song, Here You Come Again? Mm -hmm. Yes. We'll play a clip. Um, that changes the game for her career-wise. Uh, mm. She won a Grammy Award for Best Female Country Vocal Performance, um, and it did show her potential to cross over to pop, and then so people started being like, oh, yeah, let's see what else you got. Yep, yep. And then in 1978, she is also on the cover of the October Playboy. It's so cute. Now she'll be like, who's that butterball? Which I love that she's that butterball. <laughs> she just looks precious. She's, oh, I can't wait to see. She was like, I'm not going to do nudity, but it's going to be an amazing interview. So that's what she did. Oh, no nudity. No nudity. She oh. was like, I won't get naked, but I will let you interview me. Oh, wow. And she was like, it will hit such a broader audience so, as well. What is she dressing in um, the cover? A bunny suit. It's a classic bunny suit. Oh, cute. With pink sequins, and she's got long red fingernails. Oh, she's just perfect. Oh, yes, I'm looking at it now. Gorgeous. And it's at this time that we have the Barbara Walters interview. Okay. Tess, I would like you to pull this uh, pull it, up the script. It is ready. We I am will ready. be doing a reading. Um, so in this interview, Barbara Walters, they talk about her childhood. They take a tour of her bus. And you can tell from the beginning, if you guys have listened to the Meghan Markle interview with Paris Hilton, she, Meghan Markle opens it up by being like, I thought we would have nothing in common. I thought Paris Hilton was a blonde bimbo. That's literally the same That's the same energy. Oh, Jesus. And it's really disappointing. Well, Barbara has said a lot of tough things to women and her tone. The journalists back then are been just very cruel. Cruel. She like opens their sit down interview by going, Dolly, where I come from, would I have called you a hillbilly? If you had of, it would have been something very natural, but I would have probably kicked your shins or something. <laughs> no, actually. But when I think the, of hillbillies, <laughs> am I thinking of your kind of people? I think you probably are, but we were very proud people people with a lot of class. It was country class, but it was a great deal of class. And uh, most of um, 
my people were not that educated, but they are very, very intelligent. Good common sense, horse sense, we called it. But I feel like we should just read a little bit of this to get a sense of what it was. Okay. Now, would you like to be Barbara or Dolly? I'll be Barbara because okay. I feel like you're a better actress. And you, can, like, embody, oh, you, you can embody Dolly better. Well, guys, uh, just know, just go watch this interview because Dolly, no one does Dolly like Dolly does. So, oh, but please, please. And let's take it away. Tess will be Barbara Walters. Mm. My assistant asked me something, and I'm going to blame it on her because I wouldn't have the nerve otherwise. Is it all you? Well, I can't show you here on television. I'll take your word for it. I get asked that question a lot because people are in awe of the whole thing. You know, a lot of people say I have, a lot of people say I haven't. I always say that if I hadn't had it on my own, I'm just the kind of person that would have had me some made. She's talking about implants. Would you mind standing up? Well, this is not really. I'm not all that curvy in this outfit. Well, that's not bad. That's her idea of not all curvy. Did you give your measurements? No, I always just say that I weigh 100 and plenty. (laughs) You don't have to look like this. You're very beautiful. You don't have to wear the blonde wigs. You don't have to wear the extreme clothes, right? No, it's certainly a choice. I don't like to be like everybody else. I've often made the statement that I would never stoop so low to be fashionable. That's the easiest thing in the world to do. So I just decided that I would do something that would at least get the attention. Once they got past the shock of uh, once they got past the shock of the ridiculous way I looked and all that, then they would see there was parts of me to be appreciated. I'm very real where it counts, and that's inside. As far as my outlook on life and the way I care about people and the way I care about myself and the things I care about. But I just chose to do this. And show business is just a money-making joke, and I've always liked telling jokes. But do you ever feel like you're a joke, that people make fun of you? Oh, I know they make fun of me, but actually all these years, the people have thought the joke was on me, but it's actually on the public. I know exactly what I'm doing, and I can change it at any time. I make more jokes about myself than anybody because I enjoy it. Like I say, I'm sure of myself as a person. I'm sure of my talent. I'm sure of my love for life and and that sort of thing. I'm very content. I like the kind of person I am, so I can afford to piddle and doodle, doodle around with makeup and clothes and stuff because I am secure with myself. Insane. She handled that so well. Can you imagine someone being like, what are your measurements? Stand up. Show us your body. Do you think you're a joke? Do you think you're a joke is like, and we've seen this time and time again, and we'll continue to see it. And I think with people like Dolly and with Pamela Anderson and like these women that it was so dramatic how they looked and like almost theatrical. Yes. That people would feel like it was okay then to completely minimize them just to that appearance exactly and she is like this is when she's just first out on her own and she's literally like i'm sure i don't care if i'm wearing a wig like who cares i know who i am why do you think that made barbara walter so so angry she was so angry she literally was like before i came into this interview i didn't think we had anything in common do you think we have anything in common and dolly's like yeah we're very ambitious women we know what we want and barbara walters and she was like even though we come from different places and barbara walters was, was like yeah we do. So this is late 70s. Late 70s. So coming right off first first wave feminism. Second wave feminism. Second feminism. wave fe- feminism. Which of just like you're an idiot if you care about your appearance. Exactly. And- so shall we get into the whole feminism and Dolly yes, of it all? Yes, yes. So that is kind of the thing. It's that Dolly was kind of revolutionary in the way of third wave feminism. At this time, it is second wave feminism and people are expected to kind of downplay their femininity while that word is the worst. Always tough. And she's kind of like, I'm here with my big boobs. And she said, she's like, here's my big tits. They're out. Like, I don't expect people not to talk about them. But that doesn't make me any less than you. Define me. 
Exactly. On an interview before, she said that she doesn't identify as a feminist. But I actually, and this is my part where I've mm. always been the most frustrated with Dolly. She's since changed it. And she has said, I do identify as a feminist. I'm just not out there with like signs and stuff like that. Right, which is such like an old school interpretation of feminism. Exactly. Yeah. And I also think that like the second wave feminist were not kind to her mm-hmm. which it's like everyone was trying to do their best at that time right everyone's trying to figure it out exactly and she she said and when i say i'm a feminist i i mean i just don't have to for myself get out there carry signs i just feel i can live my femininity and actually show that you can be a woman and you can still do whatever you want to do she stressed that she's not ashamed of the label but that it's just a group of people that can fit into the category more than me got yeah i mean so she had her own baggage with the word it sounds like you know because feminism was such a dirty word until like probably six years ago exactly and then when you just realize oh it just means that women and men should be completely equal truly it doesn't mean that you have to like not shave your armpits and burn your bras like people used to fucking think it like doesn't make you this dirty hippie exactly well when she she said that she was actually she's quote i was the first woman to burn my bra it took the fire department four days to put it out (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) So it's always like, she says she doesn't talk about politics, but she will always say it. She says it, but she says it in her dolly way that's like followed up by a joke. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. But also the way that she most has like said how she feels is through her art. And in that, let's talk about nine to five. Yes. So in 1980, Hollywood called and Dolly answered. She starred in the film Nine to Five with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Icons. Icons. So if you don't know the plot. I've never seen it. Oh, Tess, it's so good. It's very campy, but it's so Oh my God, good. maybe I'll watch it tonight. Well, here's the plot. Three female secretaries who decide to get revenge on their tyrannical sexist boss by abduct- abducting him and running the business themselves. They implement flexible schedules and a job sharing program, set up a daycare center, and ensure equal pay. Amazing. It is such a girl power movie. Wow. And this was made in the 80s? It was in 1980. And it's like kind of a radical movie now in 1980. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Wow. And that really is speaking in your art. Did she produce it? She said that she didn't produce it, but she said she would only take the role if she got to write the theme song for it. Mm -hmm. And she always thought, she said, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin were huge. So if the movie was a success, I could just ride the coattails with them. And if it was a flop, she could be like, well, it was them. That's amazing. I mean, hey, we've we've all thought it. (laughs) Exactly. So she said, I will only do it if I get to write the theme song. And... Also, this was her first movie that she'd ever, she had ever done. So she showed up and she had the whole script memorized, everyone's part, and she thought that they shot it like a play. So she was ready to go in chronological order. That is, so, is she a good actress? She is so. I mean, great. I've seen her in Steel Magnolias. Ugh, her in Steel Magnolias. Which I will never watch that movie again. It, if you want to sob, if you want your heart to be destroyed, I can't. That's um. Oh, I wanted to dedicate this uh, this episode to my sister early on the top because she was the one who introduced me to Dolly Aww. and Steel Magnolias is her favorite movie. This is for you, Carolyn. This is for you. Carolyn. You were with us always. Exactly. This um, is for Ada too. <laughs> yeah, everything's for Ada. <laughs> um. So she uh she plays basically a version of herself in the movie, mm. and Jane Fonda cast her because of that. She was like, "Wouldn't it be amazing to see Dolly Parton just typing at a typewriter?" she writes the theme song she wrote it by watching everyone on set and she wrote it over time and she Mm. takes lily tomlin and jane fonda aside and she plays it on her nails that's how she wrote it and got the beat and she just starts singing the song 
Gel X is powerful. <laughs> We're going to say it. Gel X makes masterpiece. Literally. So Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin just looked at each other and they said that they got the chills immediately. Aww. And they were like, this is it. Uh, to be a fly on that wall. Dolly Parton brings all the women on set, all the crew members and all the cast members on set to sing back up with her. She was like, not the men, just the women. Amazing. If you listen to that song, it is so powerful. Yeah. And it just makes you feel like such a type of way. Like Like you're like, we're all in this together. Like I I love the verse. It's like you're in the same boat with a lot of your friends. Yeah. It's just the best. And she just captured that perfectly. And it's like, she's saying everything through her art. She's saying exactly how she feels through her art. Totally. She ends up um, getting an Academy Award nominee uh, nomination for that. She wins um, two Grammys. Mm. And Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin and her obviously have such a strong friendship now. I love that. She was on the last season of Grace and Frankie. Oh, she was? Mm-hmm. Oh, she cu- guest starred, which is so cute. Cute. Um, Jane Fonda actually uh, was on one of her documentaries that I watch, and she was crying while speaking about her. And she said um, about Dolly, she can see into people. She's deep. It's like through her song, she opens her arms wide and embraces such a broad swath of people that don't often feel seen. And it's why people love her. I've been with a lot of big movie stars. I've never seen the devotion of her f- uh, that her fans have for anyone else. Have for her and anyone else. And it's like undeniably one of the reasons that she can have the fan base that she does because everyone feels safe at a Dolly Parton concert. Everyone's like, you are my mama. You are my best friend. (laughs) You are my sister. my mama. My fairy godmother. And like some more ways that she's shown up for different communities on the issue of anti-transgender bathroom bans where transgender people are not allowed to use the restrooms that align with their gender identity. Dolly said to CNN Money in 2016, I think everybody should be treated with respect. I don't judge people and I don't try to get too caught up in the controversy controversy of things. I hope that everybody gets a chance to be who and what they are. I just know if I have to pee, I'm going to pee wherever it's got to be. And that's really all it is. And again, like she's saying like... Calm the fuck down. Exactly. And she's saying what she feels without... Yeah. 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 But... Also, the biggest part about Dolly is her philanthropy. And we've got to talk about that. Say it. Say it. Okay. So due to the fact that Dolly Parton has a net worth of a reported $650 million, she's not a billionaire. However, it has been speculated that the singer could have achieved billionaire status status if she was not so generous with her money, constantly investing in many philanthropies. You got it. What is it? Philanthropic? Philanthropic. Philanthropic endeavors. Wow. So basically, she could be a billionaire if she didn't donate so much of her money. That's a lot of money that she's donating. She has donated so much. So in 1988, Parton established the Dollywood Foundation, Mm. named after her uh, theme park in Sevier County, Tennessee. So she opens up a theme park, Dollywood, which Alice has been, and I have never been, and I'm. we have to oh take God, a Ramfield we trip. We have to go. Do we have any <sighs> listeners in Tennessee? Yeah. We, you guys we want must. us to come to you, right? Please. I would, let's Do a all live go. Show. Uh, the foundation's original goal was to help children in the region achieve educational success, but it morphed into the Imagination Library in 1995, a program that distributes books to children across the globe free of charge from birth until they begin the first year of school. Almost 2 million books have been gifted since its inception. Tess. Oh, my God. The Imagination Library was founded in tribute to Dolly Parton's father, who was unable to read. 
it makes me tear up every time I read it. I can't. Oh my God. She literally like is so involved in literacy because her dad couldn't read. <laughs> that is so sweet. I can't. Oh my God. I know. It's just that that part gets me every time. I just, uh, that, uh. that is a lot. Uh, it is a lot. Um, mm. In 1988, uh, oh wait, that's the same thing. Oh, I saw a comment on a YouTube post um, with an interview with Dolly Parton and it was someone that said, I worked for Dollywood and oh my goodness, does she give back to her employees? One of my friends got a flat tire and Dollywood paid to get it replaced. We've got access to a free doctor at Dollywood, which is crazy for a part-time summer job. Mm. She's been so great to uh, severe in all of East Tennessee. <sighs> of course, she's just good to her employees. Everything. So soon after launching the Dollywood Foundation, Parton turned her focus to reducing the high school dropout rate in Sevier County, Tennessee. According to the organization, Parton asked every 7th and 8th grader student to buddy up with another student, promising them $500 in cash after they both success- successfully graduated from high school. It was a huge success. The dropout rate declined from 35% to 6%. I have chills. And then she offered $500 scholarships to every student in that county who wished to attend the nearby, I think it was like a nearby local community college in effort to boost graduation rates in the region and improve college attendance. She is a politician. She She is, but like so much better than a politician, but like she cares so much in so many different ways. Exactly. And she just gives and gives and gives. And then of course we know that Parton made a $1 million million donation to the Monroe Carell Jr. Oh, wait, actually, this is different. She made a $1 million donation to the Vanderbilt University Medical Center for the Children's Hospital. Mm -hmm. And the gift was in honor of her beloved niece who was treated for leukemia at that hospital. And then, of course, we know she used her platform to help combat COVID-19 and comfort people and uh, comfort people amid the pandemic. She donated $1 million to Vanderbilt University Medical Center towards research on treating and preventing coronavirus. It helped fund the development of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine. And she did a whole video of herself getting a vaccine, which... She has fans from every single walk of life. I bet there was a lot of fans who thought that the vaccine was evil. Totally. And just seeing her do it, being like, come on, guys, let's all do this together. Exactly. Was like monumental. Monumental. Mm. Oh, God. (sighs) She's such an angel. She's such an angel. She's an angel from above. She is. So obviously Dolly is just as big as she's ever been. In her time, she goes to even more genre. She makes the crossover to bluegrass. She goes to country Mm -hmm. again. She goes to pop. And it's a huge success. Um, she earned her second Academy Award nomination for Best Original Song for Traveling Through, which she re- wrote specifically for the feature film Transamerica. Oh. Which was, uh, and due to the songs and film's acceptance of a transgender woman, Parton received death threats from that. Mm-hmm. Get a hobby. Get a hobby. Like, you are such a fucking loser. How does someone living who they are affect you in any that way? You take at the all? time to send a death threat to Dolly Parton. Exactly. What a sad person you they are. are. Like, if you don't like Dolly Parton, there's something wrong with you and you ever come and threaten our angel's life. Like, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Um, it, it's also funny. <sighs> she's been asked about gay marriage before, and she was like, why wouldn't we let gay people be just as miserable as heterosexual <laughs> people? <laughs> Yeah, it's like she looks like my marriage is that great. Yeah, she's like, I see my husband six weeks out of the year. Yeah, she's and like, that's enough most. for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and what introduced her to the new generation is Hannah Montana. 
And she has said, she is like, I'm so grateful for Miley for asking me to come on to that show. It introduced me to a whole new group of people. And she's just so talented that Miley. She's like, I'm just getting richer by the day. She's like, I have too much money at this point. You guys should have seen Tessa and me at New Year's when Miley was hosting. We are like her biggest supporters. We're her biggest (laughs) cheerleaders. I mean, she looked amazing. She sounded amazing. Amazing. And when Dolly came on, we were all just screaming. Screaming. And then it kind of went black after that. Yeah, I don't. I remember just like clips of that, I I feel. I remember her dress being like, her body looks amazing. (laughs) Look at that spray tan. That's like all I remember too. It's like a flash of that and then it's darkness. It's darkness. That's what New Year's Eve is for, right? Exactly. Exactly. So with a career spanning over 50 years, she has sold more than 100 million albums. Mm. She's written more than 3,000 songs. She's... She has won nine Grammys and has the second most nominations of any female artist in the history of the Grammys behind Beyonce. Wow. Yep. She has turned down the Presidential Medal of Freedom twice due to her husband's illness and the ongoing pandemic. In response to a 2021 proposal by the Tennessee legislator to erect a statue of Parton, she released a statement asking the legislator to remove the bill from the consideration, saying, given all that is going on in the world, I don't think putting me on a pedestal is appropriate at this time. Did she get so fabulous? I just don't <laughs> fucking like. How do you know. get to be like this? I just don't know. And <gasps> so, in 2022, Parton received a hundred million dollar donation from the founder Amazon or founder of Amazon, Jeff Bezos. So now she gets to use that hundred million dollars in any way that she chooses for a charity. And I can't think of a better person that could have gone. I trust to. her with all my heart. And that's basically Dolly Parton. Um, one thing I do want to talk about is the sleeve tattoos. We didn't get to talk oh, about that. Yeah, I yeah. accidentally skipped over that. Does she have full sleeves? She says that she does not have full sleeves. And she thinks it's actually like hilarious that people think that she does. She does have a lot of tattoos. She says they're pretty pastel tattoos of like butterflies and laces and bows. And she says that she gets them to cover up the scars that she's had. She says her skin is so fair that um, when she gets a scar, it puffs up. So she never shows her arms. She, You guys, I've seen Dolly Parton's arms like once in one performance. That's literally it. Um, oh, um, okay. So she says that she says, rest assured, they are classy pastel butterflies and they cover her keloid, keloid scarring that never fully fades on her fair skin. Oh. So keloid scars that often result from surgery or injury, they're just like bumps that yeah. rise up from your scars. Yeah, and yeah. so she gets that and so she puts tattoos over them. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, I'm just looking at photos of her and I'm like... She's just so gorgeous. I mean, she says the whole magic about me is that I look artificial, but I'm totally real. People can see that. They forgive me for being gaudy. God, and like it shouldn't have, you know, it shouldn't have to be two things. It shouldn't have to be like you're this or that. But obviously women will always be pinned into a box. And I think she just shows you that like, who the fuck cares what other people think? She, Oprah asked her when the first time she got um, plastic surgery was, and she said when she was 40. So her boobs up until that point and they were big whoa were, were all her she said damn i know i know god i love her i just love her so much too well she's better than i even imagined after this any final words i mean i just i will be thinking about this for the rest of the night of just like how can i be more like dolly how can i be kinder how can i like be 
not so righteous, I think. That is, is the thing. Because like with everyone, we've even said like it, it, it is, it is a privilege to be able to say I don't talk about politics. And it is my frustration with Dolly. If like, yeah. Because I want to be like, why wouldn't you talk about it? But she does. It shows up everywhere in her art. Yes. It's just in such a different way, which I think is an interesting conversation mm-hmm. with star power and with celebrity of like what constitutes showing up. Is it? silently donating or does that not matter if you don't say something right. do you need to post about it or can you interpret it through in creative ways like and i think with her you know she's also she is certain of what she believes in and she does make that known to communities that need it yes and i think she's just an amazing person that it's like yeah she's she said it all she's she said it, a lot of it you know Guys, uh, DM us your favorite Dollyisms. One of my uh, favorites is it's so expensive to look this cheap. It's <laughs> amazing. She's just the best. Oh, uh, God. Well, clearly, that was so good. Oh, I thanks. feel like I've never known a single goddamn thing about this woman, oh. even though I've always really honored like yeah. everything about her. So that was beautiful. I encourage you guys to go to listen to the Dolly catalog. There's so many songs and just enjoy it. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, I was going to quote something, but. I don't- <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I I don't know her music that well. Uh, Well, hey, we'll leave you with this quote from the Barbara Walters interview. Uh, We we love you, Rammies. XOXO. Once upon a time, there was a little girl. Her name was Dolly Parton. And she lived in a small town in the mountains, which she loved because it was a comfort, because she knew there was love and security there in her family. But she was a child, very curious. And she wanted all the things that she had always been impressed with, like the uh, fairy tales of um, the Mother Goose stories and the Cinderella's and the Lost Slipper. Well, I guess she kind of wanted to find the other slipper in sort of a way, so she worked hard and she dreamed a lot. And one day, it came true. She was a fairy princess and she lived happily ever after.